Welcome back to another podcast episode of Car Sales 101. So yes, I've been a little bit, um, how would I put this? Am I, um, I have not been consistent with this podcast whatsoever. But once again, like I always tell you all, you know, the one thing is I don't want to put a podcast episode out if I don't have much content to it. And it's actually really hard for me to come up with content for this podcast. But um, I'm seeing this in the car business more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Uh, and I'll get into it here in just a little bit before we get started. Uh, if y'all want to reach out to me, reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, Instagram at TNTDad2728, LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story. All right. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah. If you get great, great content out of this uh, podcast, don't uh, be af- don't be afraid to share it, whether it be through private message, instant message, DM, um, text message. Just make sure sh- make sure you're sharing it. Take a screenshot, whatever you want to do, post it. It'd be great. Uh, if you are in like a sales group and you want to share it with them in there, please do that. I'd be awesome because um, I do listen to some podcasts myself. And let me tell you which podcast I listen to before we get started because uh, I just recently picked up one podcast I, I, I thoroughly enjoy. Um, it's Born to Impact. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a religious based podcast, but it has an entrepreneurial, uh, tone to it. I just got done listening to the very end of the MF CEO and he turned his podcast, changed his podcast and has more of a, I guess a political platform or, you know, it's still a lot of funny shit, but it's real as fuck or a real AF and maybe it's real Andy for sale. I don't know. And then I also listened to Ryan Stuman. Um, and then a couple more podcasts. Um, oh yeah, then and my let. So those are the podcasts that I listen to. If you want to listen to some podcast podcasts coming into the year 2020, uh, it is Christmas Day. So if you're listening to this in the future, this is December 25th, 2019, and I'm home alone because my kids decided to go out on a cruise with my wife, and um, they've left me alone here. So um, because I work in the car business and I don't get a whole lot of time off. And y'all know why that is, because we work in the car business and we're crazy. All right, so let me get started here. One of the things that I've noticed <clears throat> in the car business, um, this comes to salespeople, sales managers, finance managers, everybody in the car business, right? Uh, and it's just human nature, okay? And the reason why I kind of wanted to do this on this particular episode um, is because I want all of y'all to comp- I want you all of y'all to understand, okay? In the car business or in the world in general, um, when we get into an argument or we get into a disagreement with somebody and we are having that issue, whether it be with a customer too, because I want y'all to really understand this. Um, and I don't, I'm not trying to get too much into the psychology of everything because I'm not a psychological major, but the one thing I see that's the biggest problem or the biggest issue is that we listen to, are you back? Okay. Or we listen because we have a rebuttal back, right? So as soon as somebody starts talking, let's say y'all are talking about, you know, the customer saying, well, my trade's worth more money or your manager's sitting there and he's saying, you know, um, you're not doing this right or whatever, whatnot. As soon as they first, as soon as they say the first negative words to you or um, the first thing that, 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 that they have an issue with, all you do is you have a, you have a rebuttal to come back and, you've, and you stop listening to the, 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 the whole thing, right? And so what that means is that you're really not truly listening to what they're saying, Okay. So we all do this. I'm, I'm telling you, it's human nature. We all listen to, we all sit there and we, we, we listen to people and we have an argument to come back in our head before we listen to the whole thing. So for instance, customer sits there and says, you know, um, you're not giving me enough for my trade. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, before you let them finish, you know, <clears throat> you automatically rebuttal back to the trade, right? Which they might lead you into the fact that, you know, you're not giving me enough of my trade, therefore your, your payment's not in line. And, you know, I just don't think this is going to work, right? Or, you know, there's just a lot of things that we're not doing we're not doing right. So what all of a sudden you hear is you're not getting enough for your trade. Well, you spit out, you know, Kelly Blue Book, uh, NADA, um, you know, Carma CarMax. You spit out all that other bullshit, right? But you're not really listening to what the customer's saying. Hey, you're not giving me enough for my trade, okay? So instead of you arguing back, what do you mean I'm not giving you enough for your trade? Say, you know, hey, look. Obviously, you think that you know we're not we're not giving you the right value for your trade. Well, we do, but based off of the market value. Um, now, besides that, what were you thinking the value of the trade was? Trade is based on you know the information you've collected. That way, you put it back in their hands, and they can explain more. Versus getting defensive and say, "What do you mean I'm not giving you enough for your trade?" And that's what tends to happen in the car business. We don't try to get to the root of the problem. Same thing goes for you know the managers, for instance. You know, there's sometimes, and this goes for managers too. This isn't this isn't just prevy to salespeople, and I want each of y'all to understand this. So, if your manager listening to this, great. Uh, if your salesperson listening to this, I want you to understand how to how to communicate with your manager differently. Okay. So, for instance, when when the salesperson uh, when you go out, and I'll get into something a little bit more here. But when when the salesperson go out or comes back, and the customer sits there and says, "I'm not giving you enough," they said that we're not we're not giving them enough for their trade. Um, also that, you know, um, that, I don't know, payments too high, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, when you hear that from the salesperson, you go, well, did you fucking say this? Uh, what about Kelly Blue Book? Did, you, did they have a Kelly Blue Book offer? Where are they getting that fucking offer from, right? And that's what you're not listening to as managers. You know, the manager, sometimes it comes down to training. All, all, obviously, this all comes down to training, but it also comes down to the fact that you listen to your, um, your salespeople. Uh, and the one thing I do typically before I send a customer out on a on a pencil, uh, and, and I want y'all to truly understand this, okay? As sales managers, truly understand this. When you send a customer out, to, or when you send a salesperson out to a pencil for a customer, you have to understand they've spent an hour and a half with that customer, and everybody sits there and are using the car business um, that we. Uh, as sales managers make the gross, it's not true. I, I've come to I've come to realize, and it took me about a couple of months ago to realize that it's the staff, your salespeople, that maintain your gross or hold your gross. <laughs> Sorry, got a, got a loogie. Also needs some water. Okay, it is your salespeople's job to hold and maintain your gross based on the training that you gave them. Okay, so. Whenever before I send a salesperson out, because I'm of the I'm of the belief they know what's going on, right? We all sit there and oh man, they turned the computer around, they showed them the internet, blah blah blah. But we all know that the World Wide Web is readily available readily available on your phone. So when you sit there and you advertise a price, make sure that's a price you can do, and you don't look stupid. But when a salesperson comes up to me at the sales tower, I always ask them some some simple questions, you know. Are they trading a vehicle and have they give you any ind ind indication of the, them getting that vehicle appraised? Um, what about you know the sale price of the vehicle? Did you go over all the ads with them, right? And what that does is it lets me know how to set my pencil up. <clears throat> so for instance, if I'm on a website price and we're gonna, and we have ads on our, all of our vehicles um, at our dealership, so they do know that we do have ads, what do I tend to do to the salesperson? I, I tend to gauge where we're gonna sit there and land this pencil, right? I listen to what the salesperson says to me, 
and I put my pencil around it. Now, obviously, I don't do that for every salesperson because I think that, you know, that comes with trained experience. But with that being said, I try to gauge as much information as I can because, A, I don't want to blow the customer out, okay? We all spend advertising dollars to get a customer into a dealership. You don't want to blow a customer out. B, I don't want the cust- I don't want the salesperson to look stupid and anything that they could have said on the test drive or whatnot, I don't want them to come back there and buy- bite them in the ass. So that's the reason why I always listen to the salesperson and listen to what they have to say before I send them out on the pencil because I think that's the key to um, obviously minimizing time spent with the customer because less time spent with the customer usually equals more gross, therefore it leads, leads to less pencils back and forth. So when you, when you ask this salesperson that truly listen, you know, I th- we don't live in the day and age where the sales, where, you know, we have to be consistent and we, and because of st- certain rules and laws and stuff like that, we're have to sell everything at the same price. No, we don't have to do that. But what we do have to do is sit there and make sure that we listen <sighs> to our, 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 our salespeople. Now in that same fold, Whenever the salesperson, the sales manager gives you the pencil, you know, don't analyze it, don't look over it, but understand the fact that, you know, they're going to, they're going to load your lips. Okay. They're going to load your lips with what you're supposed to say. Now do not sit there and whenever they're loading your lips, don't come back with the fact, well, what if they say this? What if they say that? Don't come back with the arguments and rebuttals in your head. You should have done that a long time ago through training or whatnot. And that's when you go out there and you present the pencil. Hey guys, before we go a little bit further, um, I'm going to do a real quick commercial break. I don't know what the commercial is going to be because I've recorded a couple of them now. It may be Spotify. It may be the Anchor app. Whichever it may be, please just give me one minute and listen to it real quick. I'll be right back with you. All right, guys. I am back. So, what is the point of this podcast? I forgot. No, I'm joking. Hey, the point of this podcast is to listen to listen, but don't listen to rebuttal back, okay? And Or are you back? And that's what we do is humans naturally. We do that in our marriages. We do that in our relationships with our friends and family members. So guys, this isn't just for car sales. This is also for your friends and family members too. Am I perfect? No. Um, I'm a human being, so I do make mistakes just like everybody else. So don't think that I'm above anything because I obviously make mistakes too. So, all right. Now that you've gotten the pencil and all that good stuff, you go out there and you present to the customer. Understand they're there, their mindset is that they are getting, they are possibly getting screwed over on some aspect of the car business, right? And we all know that's not, we all know that not to be true nowadays because of the simple fact is, you know, advertising and a competitive market creates the fact that, um, <clears throat> in fact, I think we're more transparent now than what we've ever been, but that's one of the key factors of why we are, um, uh, the, the, you have to understand that's why salespeople, sales customers for the longest time have been trained to go in to negotiate a car deal. It's just, it's a natural thing and it's, it's annoying, but hell it's, it's the industry we in the industry we're in and we have to figure out how to navigate through that and sift through that. So when you go out there, you have to understand your customer is on the full defense right away for the most part, not all of them. Cause you have bad credit customers, you have different customers that you know just come in and just buy and they don't really argue with you but uh, it's like i said there's and whatever percentage you want to use based out in your market but i would say on average you know i always use i use, always use the bell curve right so there's 10 percent of the customers that are there um that are not going to buy shit from you no matter what you do 
Uh, if they do buy, it's going to be the worst survey. They got the best deal, but they got the, they're going to give you the worst survey. And that's the customer base I really don't tend to focus on too much. All right, then there's the other 10%. Now, no matter what you do, you can hold 5,000 on the trade, sell a 5,000 over sticker, make a $10,000 front end deal, and you sell them the car, and they're going to love you no matter what and think they got the best deal in the whole entire world. So that's the other 10%. Now, there's 80% in there that are going to sit there and they are going to negotiate, and you're going to have to tell them, you're going to have to teach them why it's in their best decision to buy a car from you, okay? So when you're going out there and you're talking to the customer, understand that, and I've told you this in previous episodes, that you've, you've taken these golden nuggets. It's not the fact that you just have to listen now. You, ha- you had to listen the whole entire time. So, you know, the customer's sitting there talking about, you know, on the test drive, how they, you know, love the way this handles compared to their other one, or they love the uh, technology versus their other. You've gained all of these nuggets. You've listened and listened and listened, right? And so when the customer sits there and they're, 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 they're having an issue with the, the numbers or whatnot, you have to listen to listen. Don't listen to argue back. You know, for instance, when the customer asks for a discount, and um, I said this, I thought about this the other day. When a customer asks for a discount, say, well, based on all the information, you know, that I've provided you with, all that stuff that I've given you, or the technology and stuff like that, that's what that $1,000 extra is for. You know, you know, you said how you like the sync system, how you like the navigation, how you like the sunroof. That's what that extra $1,000 is for that you were asking you to pay for the vehicle. Um, and, and do you mind me asking, and I always ask every customer this, you know, we're always trained to negotiate, right? And because we're trained to negotiate, we ask for something, and really it means nothing to us. It's just we want to win. Now, is there a particular reason why you're asking for $1,000 off? Do you not see value in the product? Do you not see value in my services? Or is it just you particularly just, you know, you're just asking for $1,000 off? And when you, I think when you propose a question that way to the customer, they kind of, they kind of sift through it, right? Most of your educated customers are going to sift through what you just said to them, and then they're going to come back with the real answers. Well, I'm just asking for a thousand dollars off. Okay, cool. I understand that you want to get a thousand dollars off. When we advertise our price on the website, we don't advertise it to make sure that um, we don't send customers to us. It's there. It's out there to make the customers come to us. And with that being said. You know, it's not like we leave, you know, $1,000 worth of wiggle room and our prices on our website. It obviously drew you into us and it's a competitive price. With that being said, you know, I don't know if I can get you $1,000 off, but, and I even have to go back to my manager. I don't even know if I can get you $500 off, but if I can get you at least $500 off, give you, meet you halfway and give you $500 off, is that something you'd be okay with? And they go, well, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Now, with that being said, what down payment were you looking to put and what payment and then what payment range were you trying to be in between? Because with me taking $500 off and you having $2,000 down, essentially that's like having $1,500 down, you know, and then walk it through there. And that's the thing, because you're eliminating, you're, you're overcoming their objections, right? By listening to what they had to say, right? And the thing is, is you're not there to argue with them. You know, you're asking, you're proposing a question to them to see if they saw value in what you did, they saw value in your service, or they saw value in the product. And if not, they're just—they're naturally ingrained to ask for a thousand dollars off. Figure out why. You know, are you just asking for a thousand dollars off just to get that thousand dollars off? And and that's the reason why. Are they pulling a number out their ass, or is it just they feel like they have to win? And that's what I'm trying to get everybody to truly understand. In the car business, um, we all sit there and we are all naturally ingrained to have word tracks, right? And what are word tracks? Those are predetermined structures of words that we're going to say when the customer says this, right? 
And we say those things back without even listening to what the customer's truly saying. And what I've always told everybody when I've done training in the car business, a word track is to help you not to be memorized. So for example, customer asks, you know, I don't have any money down. You don't sit there and go, well, how close to $2,000 can you come? Okay, I understand what you're saying. Now, based on the down payments, um, our payments, based on whatever down payment we have and payment we have, they're, they're, they're a, a moving ruler. So they, they move together, right? No money down, your payment goes up. More money down makes your payment go down. Now, based on everything that you told me, you know, you're trying to stay within this payment range. Now, there's a couple different things we could do. And, and this isn't word tracks, but this is the stuff that we've taught, you know, that, that can kind of help us out. You know, with you not putting any money down, I, I was always, always ask a customer, hey, look, um, would you put, I mean, we always put a pencil out here uh, that cover the, covers the money down, which at least covers the tax title license. And what does tax title license means? That's your, that's, that's paying interest on interest, right? So with that being said, and you seem like a smart person, how close to that, you know, $2,000 down that you can you come based on the tax time license that we need to cover. And then that's when you'll sit there and you'll start getting it out and you start feeding through it. When's your next payment on your next car? Blah, 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 blah. It leads to all those questions that get you down to the bottom of where it is. But don't rely so much on your word tracks because what happens is when you rely so much on word tracks, you become a robot and you don't listen to your customer, i.e. bringing me back to the fact that you have to listen to your customer. Don't listen to are you back, listen to listen. And that's the key thing. Same thing goes for every department in the dealership. You as a manager, if you're having issues with your staff or you're having issues with this particular salesperson or if you th- or you know you or you're coming up with coming up with a new pay plan this year or you're having problems with your GM or your manager or your vendors or whatever it is, don't listen to are you back and don't negate what they say right away. You know, I think too much too many times in the car business um, we listen to people and we automatically negate what they say, right? We sit there and say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say because you don't have the experience I have. Now, mind you, yes, some of these people are not going to have the experience you have, okay? But that doesn't negate what they say because just because they don't have the experience doesn't mean that they're not trying to learn or they're not seeing it from a different perspective. You know, sometimes when you're talking to salespeople, you know, and I always tell everybody this, when a salesperson asks for your help to come out and take a turn, it's because they ran out of all the talent that they have. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated at that point. It's just that they ran out, ran out of talent. Don't negate anything that they've set up to that point. They just don't have the experience that you have, but they've tried and tried and tried and tried. So when they come up there and they ask for your help, that's when you finally go out there and help them, Okay. But let me go back on more into negating or not listening to what somebody says. And that's what negate means if y'all don't know that. I'm figuring y'all are all pretty educated. But when you negate what somebody says, you're pretty much, everything that they say after that doesn't make any sense and they're freaking stupid and they're, they're a dumbass, right? And that's not the case. Sometimes y'all are speaking two different languages. Um, and so for instance, you're speaking on this level, you know, super high level number five and they're speaking on level three, Right. Now, they can see level five, but you're not explaining level five to them very well. And instead, um, they're talking on level three. So what you need to do is you need to come down to the level, explain it. And I always break things down. I always tell people, hey, I'm going to break it down to the easiest form. If you understand what I'm saying, just help me move along a little bit faster. And that's the thing. I think sometimes when we talk to vendors and we talk to um, GMs, people above us and people below us, we sometimes speak on a level 
that is higher than what they're at, or they're speaking on a level that's higher than what they're at, and we're too afraid to ask for them to break it down, or we're too afraid to ask that person if they understand. Uh, now, with that being on the flip side, you as you know an inferior to, you have your superiors, you being inferior to them, if you don't understand what they're saying, you as a salesperson, legitimately say, hey man, I really don't understand what you're saying, can you break it down or explain it to me a little bit differently? And that's where training comes into place and that's where you have to learn how to train. Same thing goes for your vendors. If your vendors are not talking your language, you need to ask them to talk your language. Because vendors only repeat, vendors are sometimes salespeople, but they only repeat you know, um, headlines, you know, you know, top key things, and they don't break it down to the minute fact. And it's people that have been in the car business for a while, they understand the minute levels of everything, okay? So anyways, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but guys, I can't stress enough, you know, us in the car business, we, and this is just in, in, in life too, we, we sometimes rely too much on word tracks and we don't listen to what people are saying and we listen to rebuttal back and we listen to argue back. And if that's what's slowing you down or if that's what's stopping you from selling a car, it's because you're being confrontational and you're arguing with a customer. And what you need to do is sit back and if this is happening over and over and over and over again, it's not always the customer base that you're having a problem with, it's you. It's you internally that you're having a problem with and you're keying in on those certain things and you're making an argument out of it when you should just make... Um, conversation out of it and figure it out, okay? So guys, if y'all want to reach out to me, reach out to me on Facebook, um, Tony Story. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram, uh, TNT Dad 2728 I don't think I said that one earlier. TNT Dad 2728 And you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name story. All right, let me finish this up real quick. If y'all want to sit there and y'all want to create your own leads, and I've had too many people reach out to me, Go to my, uh, hit me up. I have an affiliate link for phone sites. Now, what I'm going to do for anybody listening to this podcast, um, and I'm going to do it on Facebook too, I'm going to build you a free website. That way you kind of see what it is and then you have an idea of it and you can use it and collect leads on it and let me know if it works. All right, well guys, um, this could be the hardest five-figure business or the easiest six-figure business. It is what you make it and we all win when we all win. So you know what I'm going to leave out with. Peace.